You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Well, the Packers, boy, oh boy, we got a new quarterback. Yes, sir. It's all uh, it's all fixed now. Everybody that hates Jordan Love can be happy. We finally got the backup that everybody wanted. No, it's not, it's not exactly Matt Ryan, but uh, some actual competition. A guy that's actually proven he can win football games. Uh, granted, it was in the USFL, but it's fine. And yes, his name is Magoo, but it's still fine. It's it's gonna be good. It's gonna be fine. Packers intend to sign USFL MVP quarterback Alex Magoo. I really did not pronounce it that way until I went and watched his uh, highlight video thing, and that's how they pronounced it. And I was sad. Um, USFL Stallions, a two-time champion and athletic dual threat previously with the Texans, Seahawks, and Jaguars, followed a successful workout per league sources. He was So he was going around doing a whole tour. A bunch of people were going to work him out. Packers brought him in. They worked him out, and they're like, yep, we want this guy. I'm not mad about it. Um, I'm making fun just because it's kind of funny that it's like it's it, it really is big news, all things considered, <laughs> because there's nothing going on. But it's just kind of funny because if this had happened – in like October, nobody, it, it would not even barely come up. But yeah, I mean, you know, dual threat. He'll come in and compete and do some stuff and we'll see how it goes. I don't know. He won MVP in the USFL. So, you know, it was funny. I was joking about the whole, you know, taking over for Jordan Love thing. And already I see comments about it. If if Love falters, this could be your quarterback. Like, <laughs> guys, I swear, man, everybody's bored. Speaking of being supremely bored and i i don't want to spend too much time on this because i don't exactly understand i haven't seen um but apparently there is some kind of a problem with running backs not being paid enough and i i I just i'm i'm trying as hard as i can to get people to explain this to me and i haven't really found anything that makes sense Right, so on on one extreme, every player should be paid the exact same amount. I don't think anybody is saying that, although, you know, I'm sure if you push hard enough, people would get there. So we already understand that players have different value. Quarterbacks have more value than wide receivers who have more value than running backs, right? So there's going to be a disproportionate amount of pay where quarterbacks get paid more than wide receivers than running backs. So, and again, this goes with so many things I've talked about already. It, it, it very much ties into the top 10 thing with David Bakhtiari, right? Well, he should be top 10. How do you know? You're not basing that on anything other than I feel like. This is no different. Running backs should be paid more. Why? Because they're more value, valuable. Based on what? Based on what? Based on your feelings? Based on you're trying to, you know... Show how compassionate you are. Like, oh, I care about running backs. This is unfair. These poor multimillionaires. What is this based on? Based on your fantasy football data, where running backs are the most valuable component because there's only like six good ones in the NFL. So supply and demand, you know? 
What 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 is it based on? Every data point in the world has been screaming that the NFL overvalues running backs. Analytics people will tell you that 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 it's so stupid how much gets invested in running backs. There is not a sing- Do you know Bijan Robinson is making the most money of any running back this year? Bijan freaking Robinson which is why you don't draft running backs that early because the amount of money that's being put into him is crazy. It's not just the value of like we picked you early and it could have been somebody else and you know you just don't take somebody early because they're not that valuable. There's a literal financial component associated to it. I was just looking at the cash that running backs are getting this year and he was number 1 in 2023 cash, I think. Like 13 million dollars. And then for some reason everybody's all up in arms that you know some kickers make more than than some running backs or whatever which of course is is people not knowing how math works where there's just more running backs and and so you're comparing like rb4s to you know starting kickers because teams don't carry multiple kickers they carry one kicker so you're looking at the top 32 kickers in comparison to the top what 150 200 running backs in the nfl so running backs do get paid more than kicker, but also, why did we decide all of a sudden? I mean, I know the answer. It's because it became en vogue. It's the new, cool, popular thing to do is to show compassion toward running backs. But it's so funny when we do this where it's like, I'm going to show how compassionate I am by crapping all over somebody else. <laughs> and that somebody in this case is kickers. Why do kickers have no value? Why are kickers only paid like $2 million? Like top kickers are getting like 2 $3 million. Why? You don't think that's a valuable position? Here, here's the thing. NFL organizations tell you what they value running backs by how much they pay them. If you think their numbers are wrong, then you have to bring something to the table. But we can assess player value based on the amount of money that they're being paid. We act as though it's like this just, you know, these evil rich people have decided that they're just going to rip somebody off. That's not how that works. If a running back, in terms of the value that they can bring to a team, is $20 million, do you think for one second that there wouldn't be a team that would go out and pay $15 million for a running back? You know what they would pay? They would pay $20 million Because they're going to pay for the... In fact, teams overpay all the time just to get people in there. That's what free agency is. It's called overpaying everybody. Running backs are not getting paid even in free agency because the value of the position is being diminished. Not arbitrarily. Not like, well, we just don't love you anymore. No, it's, it's, they're not bringing value into the NFL. I saw, I forgot who, I think it was uh, Derek Henry was like, well, then we should just get, a re- get rid of running backs altogether. No, you have value, just like kickers have value, but it's only insofar as, in, you know, as much as we're willing to pay, which is this. And then he says, you know, it's been proven time and time again you can't win without a good running back. Bro, the Chiefs just won the Super Bowl. Who's their running back again? In fact, look at the Super Bowl as a whole. How many times were the quarterbacks or wide receivers or tight ends talked about in comparison to the running backs? Can you even name the running backs? If you play in fantasy, you probably can. If you don't, you might not be able to. Nobody cares, though. Outside of fantasy football circles, nobody is talking about the running backs and the impact that they had on the Super Bowl. Nobody. I know there's a lot of love for Miles Sanders and, and you know, understand his stats are 1,400 yards and 13 touchdowns. That's great. But did you ever hear his name? 
or was it Jalen Hurts that everybody talked about? Was it A.J. Brown that everybody talked about? Was it the whole freaking defense that everybody talked about? It was not Miles Sanders. And here's the reality. Miles Sanders averaged 4.8 yards per attempt. The team averaged 4.9 yards per attempt as a whole. They like Sanders. He's valuable. You want to know why they're not getting paid very much? Because the replacement value is much higher than most other positions. If you get rid of your quarterback and try to find someone to replace him, you're screwed. If you lose a running back and replace him, you're probably fine. Now, that reality might suck for running backs. That's true. But it's reality. There's a drop-off, but not much of one. And so... The value is what the value is, and what everybody seems to be advocating for is charity based on your feels. I feel like they're more valuable. You say, what about Aaron Jones? Yeah, he's one of the highest paid running backs for a reason. But in reality, if we lose Aaron Jones compared to one of these other positions like Rashawn Gary, it's not even in the same ballpark. It's just not. And again, there, there is concrete data from top to bottom on this. And again, if anything, the NFL is overpaying for running backs. Go talk to any data person out there, and they're going to tell you, you guys are way off. You're way off. In fact, I, what it looks like started this whole thing was Matt Miller, and he basically said something to the effect of, look, just draft a guy. If it's in the first round, which it probably shouldn't be, use the fifth-year option, and then draft somebody else and replace him. You should not be giving out contracts. In fact, pretty much everybody says that. That that understands the value and, and the contract value and all that stuff. I understand running backs are going to come out and say we should be getting more. But there's a reason why they're, they're putting their foot down saying I'm not pay, playing for that amount of money. And there are zero teams biting. Zero. This is not some massive conspiracy. The reality is you're not worth as much money as you think. And teams would rather roll the dice with whoever else they have and be content with that than to pay whatever these guys are are asking for and so yeah who the heck jj sent me some screenshots here yeah matt miller says been saying it for years one draft a running back two play the running back if he's good three franchise tag the running back one time and then one draft the running back derrick henry got furious and and quote tweeted that and then everybody needs to white knight him and come in and say yeah you're right you're getting abused and taken advantage of Jeff Darlington pointed out that the running back franchise tag dropped from $10.9 million to $10.1 million. Well, that's not fair. That's not right. You know, wide receiver went from 12.8 to 19.7. Quarterback went from 18.5 to 32.4. That's not fair. It's not about fair. It's about accurate. What does that mean? It means that running back value has plummeted. When you factor in how much the, fra- the, the salary cap has gone up, the fact that it has actually gone down a little bit or even flat not flatline means running back value has plummeted. This is not a freaking charity. You're not going to hand out a $20 million to a running back because he seems like a nice guy and he tries hard. Your value is what it is. Your ability to help our team win has an actual value to it. We can track it. We can monitor it. We can see it. We know exactly what it is. We know exactly how much value you provide and we're going to pay you accordingly. And the fact that you don't like that the pay is low, which means that the value is low, has nothing to do with anything. Jeff Darlington goes on to say, with both Barkley and Jacobs unable to reach long-term deals and thus unable to reset the running back market, the position will only continue to take a beating as Cook, Fournette, Hunt, and Zeke all now face much harder negotiations with limited leverage. The other issue that they're having is saturation. There's a lot more running backs coming in that are really good than are going out. And we're seeing, like, every year teams draft running backs, and it doesn't, it doesn't even have to be first round. 
first round, second round, third round, fourth round, fifth round. These guys come in and they're fine. They're freaking great. Everybody seems perfectly capable of being able to run the ball well. You got Austin Eckler retweeted what Matt Miller said. This is the kind of trash that artificially devalues the most important position in the game. Oh, he's the one that said this. He says, everyone knows it's tough to win without the top running back, and yet you act like we're discarded widgets. I support any running back doing whatever it takes to get his bag. No, that's stupid. NFL GMs are not looking at what Matt Miller says and say, oh, okay, well, then I guess I shouldn't pay a running back. They, they, they have the analytics to see exactly how much value you, you brought to the team. You can look at things like EPA per play. How much value did you provide? When you touched the ball, as opposed to our quarterback throwing the ball, how good of a decision was that? How much value did you add? And it's low for running backs. It's not Matt Miller. The stats are not, you know, it's not stats people just making GMs make bad decisions. Everybody has the numbers. And, and saying I support any running back to do whatever it takes to get his bag, well, there's nothing he can do to get his bag. So he can do whatever he wants. But if he wants to get paid, he's going to get paid for his market rate. Ari Mirov, veteran running, veteran running backs this offseason. Took a pay cut. Joe Mixon and Aaron Jones. Cut. Ezekiel Elliott, Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette. Tagged, but no deal. Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, and Tony Pollard. Wanted a new deal and then asked for a trade. Austin Eckler. So yeah, Austin Eckler's pissy about it. He's mad. He wanted a new deal. He wanted to get paid. His team said, no, fine, trade me. He wants to go somewhere else. He wants to get paid. He wants to da-da-da-da-da-da. And the point is, nobody wants to give him what he wants. And so he's mad. Well, Matt Miller's doing it. And it's, it's the, uh, you got to do whatever you got to do. And I, we're not getting what we deserve. You're getting exactly what you deserve. You're getting paid exactly what you have provide to a football team. And if you're not willing to do that, you can sit out. Kareem Hunt has been a free agent all offseason. You can sit there and say, I don't care. I deserve $15 million. Pay me that or I'm not playing. Guess what? You're not going to play. And there's no team in the world that's just has this anti-running back hatred where it's like, Ugh, it would, I would probably win a Super Bowl if we paid him $15 million, but I hate running backs and I'm not going to do it. Well, I don't know what this fantasy is that we've created in our brain, but that's not happening. What's happening is they're saying, we'd love to have you. Would you be able to come here? We, we assess your value at about $6 million. And he says, I want 15. And they're like, oh, well, no. So bye. <laughs> I mean, it's... I don't, I, again, I'm, I'm struggling with it because I don't even understand really what the mentality is other than running backs are getting screwed without providing any context as to why teams would choose to screw running backs at their own detriment. And then also you're saying that you understand what the value should be based on no information whatsoever. What should, what, what should running backs get paid? Do you have any idea? What should the top running back be paid? What is that based on? Nobody has anything. All they have, running backs get paid less than kickers. No, they don't. Well, they should. Well, okay. Explain why you don't like kickers then. I don't, I don't, I don't know what we're doing here. You're wrong, but, but can we explain why kickers are garbage? Why don't you complain about kickers? And since we're doing this based on no information whatsoever, we don't even need to assess kicker value. So why don't we just go out on tirades about kickers not getting paid enough? I mean, if we offered Mason $10 million, you think he wouldn't stay? Of course he'd stay. Why don't we do it? Why don't you offer Mason Crosby $10 million? You don't think he's worth it? You don't think a good veteran kicker is worth it? But you want to miss field goals all the time? It just seems so arbitrary. But whenever there's a victim flailing his arms around, of course we got to have a bunch of white knights flying in saying, I support you and shame on the NFL! Power to the people and all that. It's like we're just looking for a reason to... Oh, oh you're a victim millionaire? 
I, I support you. Who's the bad guy? That guy. I, uh, <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. Mindless nonsense. Anyways, speaking of, now the uh, top 10 defensive tackles for Madden have been released, and of course, um, Kenny Clark is not, and of course, Packer fans are furious. Again. Why? Same discussion as before. We don't really super need to get into it, but you would need to know these 10. So the top 10 are uh, Aaron Donald, Chris Jones, Dexter Lawrence, Quinnen Williams, Cam Hayward, Jonathan Allen, Jeffrey Simmons, Vita Vea, DJ Reader, Christian Wilkins. Madden grades are usually somewhat kind of stupid, but again, if, if Kenny Clark's better than these guys, then you would need to know how good these guys are, and I don't think you do. Secondly, though, I mean, this one's just embarrassing me. You know, if you, if you want to talk about David Bakhtiari and Aaron Jones, like, heck yeah, man. I, I get it. I support it. This one, though? Yikes. Kenny Clark ranked 46th <laughs> last year. And, I mean, yeah, well, the PFF grades are stupid. Okay, pretty much any metric that I can come up with anywhere in the world, um, he ain't going to be there. I mean, his, his pass rush grade was 15th, so that's closer, but it's not good. It ain't top 10. Should we put him ahead of Chris Jones, who had 17 sacks last year, or what? <laughs> Come on, guys. We, we just need this freaking training camp to get started, because this is just dumb. Madden needs to not be releasing these right now, because it's just making me sad. Anyways, why don't we take a break here, because I want to get into, um, you know, I, again, I, I almost feel bad doing this, because I feel like I'm just saying the same stuff over and over again, but anyways, we're going to do it anyways. <laughs> Because it's confirmation of what I've been saying. And, and I'm glad to see other people starting to come around to it and just saying what I find to be painfully obvious. Um, but we'll get into that in a minute. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I I strongly disagree with South Bell. I, I think the Lions are the favorite in this division. Absolutely. The Bears had the number one pick in the draft. They had a number one pick in the draft for a reason. That roster, while it's improved, is not nearly as good as the Green Bay Packers roster. Not nearly top to bottom as good as the Packers roster. I think Minnesota's the team that falls off a bunch because they lost a lot of talent. And, and I understand Flores being a big part of that addition defensively and the attacking style. I, I look at Green Bay and say this, and I've said this, Green, and you've heard me say it. If Jordan Love is average... This team is playing for a playoff spot in December. If he's average, if he's anything like a first-round pick should be, this is a playoff team. Again, you, you guys have heard me say this a thousand times, but it, it just some people just cannot get this through their head. Top comment, bro, they missed the playoffs with Aaron Rodgers last year, but sure. Rodgers wasn't good last year. I, I swear, I, I just did a, uh, a Vikings podcast recently, and um, the, the, I started off with... the. The, the most controversial take. I forget exactly what the question was, but I started off by saying that, oh, 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 it was, it was Jordan Love is fill in the blank or will be or whatever. And I said, controversial take, better than Rodgers last year. And they, they just said they couldn't believe it. And I was like, well, Rodgers was bad. And I kept reiterating, Rodgers is bad. Rodgers is bad. Rodgers, Rodgers was bad. In 2022, he was bad. And then they came back with, are you guys, like, delusional, or do you actually believe that? And I was like, believe that Rodgers was bad? Believe that Jordan Love can be mediocre? Yes, I do believe that. There is just this refusal, absolute blind refusal, to just see reality. The Packers have a good roster. I mean, again, as he said, it's not even close between the Bears and the Packers roster. It's true. Jordan Love doesn't even need to be better than Aaron Rodgers, who was subpar last year, to be better than Justin Fields, who, as I've said now 700 times in the last 20 years, this was a bottom 10 quarterback performance. Who has better running backs? Packers. Quarterback should be Packers. Tight ends should be Packers. Offensive line should be Packers. Wide receiver. Nobody agrees with me, but I would say it's fairly likely that the Packers are better. Bears wide receiver group right now. Last year, here's where they ranked. 32nd, 48th, and 88th. Those are their three wide receivers. I don't think that's a, a massive thing to reach for. Defensive tackles, Packers. Edge rushers, Packers. Corners, Packers. Safeties, Bears. Linebackers, we'll see. What are we talking about here? But again, this is, this is so controversial. It's so controversial. And again, all he said is, if he's just adequate, and nobody can hear it. Nobody understands it. Oh, so you're saying if he's better than MVP Aaron Rodgers. No. That's literally not the words that just came out of my mouth. And I don't know why you can't hear what I'm saying, and I don't know why you can't understand me, but it's driving me insane. I think the only good thing, and, I, and of course there's some concern that Jordan Love is just going to be a terrible quarterback, which is going to derail everything, but... There are such low expectations, I, I just, I can't wait. And I, it, it's crazy, because it's like, I was, I was all hyped up, because it's like, oh man, we got a good roster and all that. And then it's starting to come down, like, well, we got to chill, we got to see, you never know. I'm ready to just hit the gas, just, just out of spite. You know what I mean? Like, if, if I hit a wall and die, I hit a wall and die. But I'm ready to just stab the gas and just say, you know what, screw you guys. We're going to win the division. Jordan Love's going to be the best quarterback in the division. Christian Watson, well, I'm not going to say best wide receiver in the division, because 
I, I don't have that fast of a car. Um, but yeah, we're, we're going to dominate. We're going to stroll right into the playoffs, and, and the, the first attempt at a Super Bowl starts this year. First of many, many swings at a Super Bowl because this is a Super Bowl-caliber team right now today. It's the best in the NFC North. I want to just scream that in so many people's faces. Stupid caution, man. But it's great because people actually, you know, I, I saw somebody talk about how he, he was a, a third stringer at one point. Jordan Love was. So that's how you know. Like, they just, they have so many different things. I mean, they genuinely believe that this quarterback that we picked up might be the starter. This is how low, I I can't even fathom what's going to happen to so many people if the Packers just win against the Bears. If Jordan Love leads the Packers to a victory against Chicago, which Vegas right now has it basically even, it's barely, barely in the Bears column. I mean, that that should be an impossibility with, with such low expectations, not just for Jordan Love. But Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs and, and Jaden Reed and, and, and Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft and, and Josiah DeGuara and Aaron Jones and AJ, like it's just nobody has any respect for anybody on this team. David Bakhtiari, right? I'll jump right on that train. He's being disrespected. Aaron Jones is disrespected. Even the good players aren't seen as good. And then I'm, I'm putting Christian Watson in that camp, who was a very good wide receiver last year in the very limited amount of time that we saw him. He's not even considered a number one wide receiver right now. It's just, it's just unbelievable. Anyway, it's just a couple other random notes that I found here. Um, I found this interesting. Somebody had posted this. Um, this is 2022 Garbage Time Kings. First thing I noticed is one of the things I've been saying that very loosely relates to the Packers, but whatever. I'm not a huge believer in Geno Smith. As I said before, he had a very small window where he kind of tore stuff up. He didn't start super great, and then he was really good. And then the entire second half of the season, he was pretty mediocre. His garbage EPA was number one, which is to say EPA being the value that you provided to your team. Who had the most value in garbage time? Geno Smith. Now, he's not number one in terms of a percentage, but it was still very high. 29% of the value he brought came when nothing mattered. But also relevant to this is that Aaron Rodgers was seventh in total garbage time EPA. I think he might have even been higher in terms of a percentage. It's not sorted by percentage, and they only show the top 10, so I'm not positive. But 23% of his EPA, that's nearly a quarter of all the value that he brought to this team, came in garbage time. For reference, Geno Smith's total EPA, total value that he provided to the team, was 65.6. Aaron Rodgers was 25.6. And 5.96 out of the 25 and a half, which is 23%, came in garbage time. So it's just, it's just more information on top of more information that really just highlights exactly what I just got done saying. Aaron Rodgers was not good last year. Aaron Rodgers was maybe mediocre last year. And when you couple that with the defense played below its own standard. So if the defense gets back to its normal self, and if we have a quarterback that is significantly worse, I mean, the, the, the Jordan Love thing is similar to what I say about the Vikings. The Vikings are going to fall off. They're going to be worse than last year, especially if you just look at their record. But they can still be worse than last year and better than everybody else. Jordan Love can be significantly worse than just even 2021 Aaron Rodgers and still be better than 2022 Aaron Rodgers. And so you would have an improved quarterback situation to last year an improved defensive situation to last year, 
a significantly improved special team situation to any other year with the exception maybe of last year. And so with that team knocking on the door, again, even I'm torn where I'm looking at it, I'm like, you know, it's just kind of a feel it out year. I don't really know. But half the freaking league gets into the playoffs, right? Are they are they on the level of the Chiefs and the Eagles and all that stuff? I don't think that they are. Even if the talent is as good as I hope it is, and everybody's a hit. Jaden Reed is a freak, and Watson just crushes his ceiling and all that stuff. They still don't have the experience. If we somehow just crush the NFC and end up in the Super Bowl this year, it's going to be tough to go toe-to-toe with Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes and guys that, like, they're becoming the Patriots. It's like, dude, this is like our, what, their third time in the Super Bowl. They won two and lost one. Um, on top of, you know, going to the AFC Championship pretty much every single freaking year, um, that's that's going to be tough. Not to mention, I'm, I'm dreaming right now saying we're going to the Super Bowl, which... You know, sometimes dreams come true. I've had it happen. But that's the reason for optimism. It's it's funny because it's like people talk about, well, you know, if you looked at our schedule, we're, we're, we're mostly playing bad teams. Dude, everybody's playing bad teams. Everybody's a bad team. That's the whole thing. So, like, we we can be a mediocre team and sound like I'm setting expectations so unbelievably low, but I'm, I'm ju- I just want to put things into perspective. A mediocre team can kick the living crap out of half the league because half the league sucks and get into the playoffs. That's entirely possible. So I just think we need we need guys to really just step up. And by guys, I'm, I'm primarily talking about, I mean, yes, we need Jordan Love for sure, but we need Jair. We need Rashawn whenever he comes back. We need David Bakhtiari in this offensive line to do its job. We need Jones and Dylan, um, you know, the, the, the guys that do have some experience. We need Matt LaFleur big time to make sure that he is maximizing and optimizing this situation that we have. Man, I am, I am just flabbergasted, if I may use that word, at the amount of people that genuinely, ble- genuinely believe that this quarterback signing means anything at all. I, I just... Ah... Uh, uh, <laughs> I t- <laughs> oh the guy the, the guy has like a one percent chance of making the 53 man roster and we're general genuinely trying to make this out to be a competition I, I i have non-stop as i've been on here seen what was it uh cheesehead tv talking about their their tiktok people are talking about how this guy's gonna end up being the starter i just saw somebody on here saying, imagine being the backup to Rodgers, and then when they finally get rid of that, you know, when they finally get rid of Rodgers, then they bring in these other quarterbacks. Like, what? I I don't want to use the word stupid. Because it's not very nice. It's also crazy. It's crazy for a billion reasons. But it's also crazy because the two biggest complaints regarding the quarterback seem to be, um, number one, why don't you have different backups or better backups or whatever? And number two, dude, why'd you bring in a backup? I guess Jordan Love's getting getting out of here. So if, if we bring in anybody, oh, it's over. I cannot even imagine how much Twitter would melt down if we actually brought in somebody like Matt Ryan. I mean, it, it would be... I would be willing to bet that the vast majority of people would be completely convinced, completely convinced that Matt Ryan would be the starter 
for the Green Bay Packers, and that that's why he was brought in because they have no fa- faith in Jordan Love. I I just I can't even I can't think of a single thing on planet Earth that compares to this Jordan Love situation. It's like I said before he he is treated like he is a seventh round pick. I in fact I saw somebody today saying he's going to play like a seventh round pick. I mean that's that's just. I can't, I can't handle much more of this. I can't. I just, I'm going to drink a lot of NyQuil and then drink a bottle of ZQuil and then who knows, maybe I'll find scotch or something. I don't know. But I'm going to fall asleep and wake up in one week when training camp is here because this crap is so wildly out of control. It's like, it's almost like it's getting worse. There was a, a time... For a little while, we were talking about maybe the the narrative would swing hard in the other direction. It's not. It just keeps getting worse, right? You got you got a couple truthers out there, like the the clip we just played of a guy who's like, oh, you know, if they just have an adequate quarterback, they'll be fine. But even that, like, it's it's such a hot take, and everyone's like, oh, you're out of your mind, and it's just ridiculous, and I can't believe you. Again, the the Vikings on one bar in Lupagus that I just did. You actually believe that he could be good. Like, you guys really genuinely believe, like, that's the craziest thing in the history of the world. Why? Why? Again, give me one first-round quarterback. One. That before they ever took a snap, it was insane to think that this person was ever going to be a starting quarterback or even be good or even be adequate. It's ridiculous to think that he could be mediocre. What, what, what are we doing here? But anyways, when, when the, in the next week, when training camp rolls around, that's when we can really start to look into some things. Um, that's when everything's going to start to materialize a little bit. And one of the things that I think will be good, and, and actually I, I started to kind of... Uh, it's one of the good things about listening to other podcasts, including on this on this network. But I was listening to Dusty when he was talking to Clayton, and just just he didn't say anything necessarily outright, but just maybe the tone and demeanor. Um, I think he has maybe lesser expectations for the younger guys than I do. Um, uh, again, I, I know there is the common theme that you know rookie tight ends don't very do very much or whatever, but I think even stuff like that will come into clarity so for example in my mind christian watson romeo dobbs Jaden reed are our top three wide receivers and will be pretty much immediately and at the start of the season i think um at the very least the, the tight end thing is is interesting to me because i think josiah could potentially be their most relied upon tight end but he still has a very specific role in what he does they're not going to make him the do everything slot receiver type and they need that kind of a guy and you could say well they have tyler davis too yeah i don't think tyler davis really is either they don't really have a luke musgrave in my opinion anywhere on the team um and and for that matter i'm not sure they really have a tucker craft either um so it, it almost feels like, if nothing else, out of necessity, at the very least, least, Luke Musgrave. Now, how effective are they going to be? I don't know. But in terms of opportunities, in terms of snaps on the field, I think it'll be plentiful. But again, some of these things will come into clarity for us. So I want to know, how concrete is the trio of Watson, Dobbs, and Reed? 
is that concrete? I know a lot of people think, no, Samori Ture, he gained eight pounds. He's the number three. Maybe. There is a uh, Dontavian Wicks, Tay Wicks. A lot of people love that guy. Malik Heath got a ton of hype in OTAs. Bo Melton has got a ton of supporters. We'll see. We'll see how this all comes to be. And beyond that, you know, it's not just the top three. You're, you're going to have probably six guys at wide receiver. Who are those six guys and what kind of a role? Like, is it is it going to be a healthy rotation among three or four or five guys? It could be Watson, Dobbs, Reed, Wicks, and Ture all getting kind of, you know, you know, you, you might have your top guys in, in Watson and Dobbs, but after that it might be more of a uh, an even split, I guess. So kind of getting some clarity on that will be good. I mean, not because I guess the main point is it's not necessarily just how good do they look because we know o- training camp and OTAs and those kinds of things maybe don't give us the best picture in terms of who's the best. Um, but I think the best is more encapsulated in how the, the roster is shaking out because sometimes we'll see guys and, and hear reports that, oh, they look so good, and the Packers are like, no, 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 he's going down the depth chart. And that's you know that's the more important data point for me. So I want to get clarity on that. The tight end thing as well. Again, we didn't hear a ton about Tucker Craft. I think he had some injury issues he was dealing with, so he didn't even get in there until later. But is this going to be Josiah DeGuara is our main dude with a healthy dose of Tyler Davis, and we'll try to work in Musgrave and Craft, Or is it just going to be out of the gate, Musgrave is tight end one, and then, you know, Kraft and DeGuara? I, I, I don't know. Um, offensive line, I mean, clarity at right tackle is really the only thing. I know a lot of people want to know, yeah, maybe center. We'll see who happens. Uh, look, I, maybe, but I am I am very confident that it's going to be David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, Josh Myers, John Runyon. That's a freaking done deal. Now, I do want to see where Sean Ryan's at. Would not be mad if he kind of wakes up and, and gets a, a, a has a nice offseason, let's say. But really, the only thing I want to know is, is Zach Tom going to beat out Yash Nyman? I really hope so. No disrespect to Yash Nyman. I just feel like we know what his ceiling is. And so with Zach Tom, I want him to be better than that. If he wins, in my opinion, that means he's better than what we know Yash Nyman to be. And he's a decent tackle. Running back is mostly set, but it's going to be a fierce running back three situation. Obviously, if nothing else, just very excited to see Lou Nichols. I just want to kind of learn a little bit about the guy. Um, defensive tackle. I, I Carl Brooks and Colby Wooden are the biggest question marks for me. I think there's probably a little bit too much hype. I like them, but we're talking about a fourth round and a sixth round pick on a team that has not necessarily done a great job with defensive tackles. However, I don't know that why, I mean, why it didn't get a ton of opportunities. Maybe that's for a reason. TJ Slayton is very one-dimensional. We don't have a ton of options. Yes, we have Lucas Van Ness that can go there as well, which is another question in and of itself. We know he's going to play some on the edge and some on the interior, but what is that ratio going to look like? But is Carl Brooks and or Colby Wooden going to step up and just be that dude? Could he possibly be one of the top three, like get a healthy rotation with Slayton and Wyatt? Because I'm sure Kenny's going to dominate the snaps, assuming health. Or are we kind of, you know, we might be in trouble there. I, w- I would say maybe they're not even going to be, you know, the three, four, five, or in the four, five, six, the the number two group, but there's really no competition. Um, Edge, I just want to see Lucas Van Ness establish himself. You know, I want it to be Preston and Lucas Van Ness with Rashawn Gary out. And that was not the case at all in OTAs. And it's understandable. He's young and he's still learning. And, and there was a healthy healthy rotation, which is a thing I apparently have to say 90 times on this particular episode. But it's actually really interesting what's going on there. Just the way that you're seeing 
like Justin Hollins being like the number two guy. Like, where, where did that come from? And Kingsley is not, I would have thought maybe Kingsley. I would have thought Lucas Van Ness, then Kingsley, then Justin Hollins. Instead, it's been Hollins and then, I don't know, <laughs> maybe Van Ness, maybe Enigbare, maybe somebody else. But um, Edge actually might be the most interesting because there's just not enough spots. You know, what does Kingsley look like and where does he land? What's going on with Justin Hollins? The team seems to love the guy. Where's Lucas Van Ness going to end up? I mean, if it is a disaster on the interior, whether they like him on the outside or the inside, talking about Van Ness, it may be a necessity that he plays more on the inside because we have plenty of guys that at least can play to some degree on the outside and we don't have those bodies on the inside. Um, So he may just be kind of forced in there more often. Um, And then, of course, you've got the... Jonathan Garvin, Ladarius Hamilton thing. What? What is Jonathan Garvin still in the team's good graces? Same with Hamilton. I would guess not, but we'll see. And then, of course, you've got the Brenton Cox and the undrafted free agent guys that are also going to be fighting for a spot. Uh, linebackers, I don't have a ton of questions. I feel relatively confident that we've got our starting two in Quay and Devondre. We've got our backups in Wilson and McDuffie, who not only can be capable linebackers, but are also extremely capable special teamers. Unfortunately, that really does leave Tariq Carpenter kind of on an island um, in terms of I don't see him winning a job because I don't think we're going to carry five linebackers. So it feels settled, but it'll be important to keep an eye on it. Corner, really, the, the only big thing for me is I just want a solid answer on Stokes. What is his injury status? And if Stokes was healthy today, where would he be on this roster? Would he be starting over, uh, I guess, Keyshawn Nixon? You know, Razul would be in the slot or something? Or not? And if not, why not? Is it because of the injury? Maybe he's going to be kind of having a setback? Is, is, is it just a complete lack of confidence in Stokes, period? And then safety is going to be big for a lot of people. Again, I'm very confident it's going to be Savage and Ford. Like, that's just what it's going to be. But there's still questions about backups. And of course, as many people are, are you know, hoping against hope that um, somebody else wins a job there. But I know we looked at this a little bit more in depth before. I don't super see it. You know, Anthony Johnson, excited to see what he can bring to the table. But Jonathan Owens and Tavarius Moore, I, I mean, I just, I got nothing. To be, to be completely honest, I really don't have a lot of hope for any of these safeties. I, I, you know, fingers crossed that Anthony Johnson can do something cool. You know, there's a lot of hype about him and, and what he did in college. Um, and people saying he could even start like immediately, like he's sort of pro ready. So that, that'll be kind of interesting, but I just, I just do not have a ton of confidence. And so, you know, we can look at this probably more tomorrow, but, um, if there was a position where free agency would be something that I would want to explore, I think it's safety. And, 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 and here's the other thing. Here's, I guess we'll call this the final point. I don't think it's so much that the Packers haven't done anything. In other words, they, they haven't closed the book and said, this is what we're doing. They don't know yet. They have to get in there. They have to let these guys play. And right now we have two, four, six, eight safeties. I need to know that none of these eight are going to work out before I go out into free agency and start grabbing people. Or at least enough of these guys, I can definitively say, okay, Johnson is not ready yet. Benny Sapp is not going to be a thing. Innis Gaines, I'm done dealing with that. Dallin, he's just a special teams guy. And then, you know, the two biggest ones are Tavarius Moore and Jonathan Owens. They're going to want to get a, a, a more healthy look at these guys, these veteran players, to see if they can maybe be an option. And if not, then we look at different free agents that are out there. So I guess all I'm saying is don't give up hope entirely. We got Alex Magoo, the new starting quarterback of the Packers, technically QB4, but I'm sure he'll be the starting quarterback in no time. 
But don't give up hope on it. Same with defensive tackle. I would. Uh, I, I think it's a wait and see thing. We got to see what we have first. Don't just jump out there, grab somebody, and go. Oh crap! I guess we didn't need him. We're pretty good. But um, oh, and uh, kicker, along with Matt Orzic, Orzic, Orzic. I don't know. Doesn't matter. It really doesn't. I don't care. I doubt I'll be saying his name very much. But uh, kicker man, Anders Carlson. Hopefully, uh, he had a pretty good OTAs. OTA, OTAs. He had a good. OTA, right? Good OTAs, a good OTA. I don't know, but that's the one good thing about kickers. I mean, granted, uh, the the pressure is different, but you can simulate a live game scenario in a practice because it's pretty much the same thing. You you kind of just ignore everybody out there and just do the thing. You know, it's not like quarterback where there's pressure in your face and then you got to like break the pocket. There's no such thing as break the pocket and kick it. You just tune everybody out and kick it. And if somebody happens to get there, well, then it sucks for you. But you just do your one thing right here. If you got a snapper, a holder, and your and a football, you can practice any time of day. Real game situations. Put it on a spot. Boom, there you go. Go put a sprinkler on it. Pretend it's raining. Simulations. There you go. Anyways, I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye. <laughs>